Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're going to be talking about Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Oh my um, god. <laughs> but before we get uh, into that, have you guys watched anything recently that you want to talk about? I mean, I, I am continuing my watch through of Lupin, and it is spectacular. Again, highly recommend it. Please, please, please watch it. Okay. Ryan, you still watching Dragon Ball? Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I, I moved on to now a, a, uh, a rewatch of, uh, all of Z. So I just started season one today. So okay. there's that. But, uh, my wife and I also just started watching Dalton Abbey. Oh, okay. do tell. I thought um, you looked a bit fancier today. Are you serious? <laughs> um, it's the Guns N' Roses shirt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, but anyway, um, I, I, I can't wait to watch the second episode. Like we watched the first episode, I think two nights ago, and I can't wait to get through it. Like we always wait till like the hype dies down on this stuff before we watch stuff that we might be interested in. Yeah. If it still holds up. And at this point it's been over long enough that I don't have to hear about interviews about the characters on NPR every day while I'm trying to watch the show. So this is the time to do it. So hold on. I, what's the hook of this show? Cause in my mind, the hook of the show is, Watch old British people be terrible to each other forever. Okay, so is that it? Okay, so I can tell you the premise of like the first mm-hmm. episode, and I'll do spoilers for the first episode. Okay, to get you into it, if if yeah. Alan's okay with that, I'm fine. Okay, so the show opens up with um, the two only male heirs to Dalton Abbey dying on the Titanic disaster, and the family finds out the the morning that uh, and. Um, and the house staff and the family finds out and it's about them panic stricken trying to figure out what to do to make sure that Dalton Abbey doesn't go to someone like a third nephew twice removed. The riffraff, um, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, it spends more time with the house staff than it does the actual family, believe it, it or not. And, it, and even the, and even the family, like there's good and bad characters. Like it, mm-hmm. it's not just, Oh, look at these sn- snobby people. Like it's, actually interesting yeah uh it's a it's kind of like the upstairs downstairs so it, it splits the show between the the um the noble class and then the working class so you get to see behind the scenes of everything at downton abbey i think the draw for me to watch it though was maggie smith Oh yeah, no, she steals the first episode absolutely in it? yeah you she, didn't know she that she's the like show. in the advertising <laughs> She's in all the advertising. I've only seen a picture of the building and like pompous British music and went, nope. And then like exited or stopped paying attention to anything I was looking at. Yeah. No. So yeah, it's worth checking out. I I stopped watching like four seasons in um, and I haven't seen the movie and I know they're filming a second movie now. So does it? Yeah. It feels like the Sex in the City movies to me. I was going like, to say they're not... giving the Sex in the City treatment. <laughs> so Good. if like ten years from now they're going to bring it back, but like one of the main characters isn't going to be there suspiciously, so it's going to be weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah, it's right up your alley, Devin. I'll it probably, really is. I'll probably. Lo- I watched all of The Crown and loved all of The Crown. I'm sure this is more exciting than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I haven't really watched anything. I watched Devin's stream yesterday. That was about <gasps> Thank it. Thank you. I watched what I could of it. Yeah. I'm I'm glad I caught the part that I did because that was what I wanted to see from your stream. Uh, tell everyone what you've been doing on our Twitch channel. Yeah, so recently in a little game called Sea of Thieves, there has been an update called uh, that kind of integrates the Pirates of the Caribbean storyline and Pirates of the Caribbean kind of things in with it, and they've been having special missions. So uh, myself, friend of the show Romana, uh, friend of the show Becca, sometimes friend of the show Chad even, have been going through these Pirates of the Caribbean missions and just doing our best pirate impressions. And it's it's been great. We've got a lot of fun comments, a lot of fun talks and chat. I think it's definitely worth checking out if, if you're interested at all in it. Yeah, you can go back to our Twitch channel and catch the last few videos that they did. They're still live there. Um, and then back at it on Friday. Yeah. Yesterday I got to yep. cut, catch the part of the, the expansion that was the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Yeah, and, and bits, I loved it. bits of the movies as well. So, and I'm sure you were just sick of us going. Oh, we missed this. Oh, because that's all it was. <laughs> it was just bit. like straight nostalgia trip for me. I was, was I was I was working on tedious work while I was watching, so it 
like it didn't. That's bug like the me best that way to watch yeah. it, though. Really. Um, that's so, why I was dropping pirate jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I loved loved your pirate. Also, if you have pirate jokes, send them in the chat all the time. Especially like, if they're rated R. I love it. I'm not mad. <laughs> okay. Um, are we ready to get into this? Yeah, I'd, right. I'd say so. One hundred percent. Let's do this. So, oh my god. <laughs> So today, we're, we're talking about a film that Devin had never seen. This was Ryan's pick. Today, we're talking about Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Uh, so, Ryan, tell us a little bit about the film. Okay, so uh, let's get a lot of the knowns out of the way. So, it was directed by James Cameron. Um, it was in what I would consider the best 10 years of his director career so far, which I'll explain on that later. Um, well, it, 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 okay, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that later. Yeah, like I said, <laughs> we'll get into that later, because there's a 10-year span that I want to bring up of his career that this is in the chunk of the best 10 years, I believe. So yeah, anyway. I, I've got a joke about that, but I'll save it for later. Okay. Um, and as a lot of people know, its 30th anniversary is coming up. It went up for a, a wide U.S. release in theaters on July 3rd. Which we are closely getting to. That is um, Saturday. Saturday is it? Wow. Which is Saturday, yes. And um, it was a lot of firsts when it kind of, when it came to uh, like CGI effects. Um, oh, wow. So my experience with my experience with, with with this film probably goes back to like '95, maybe '94 when I first saw it on like network television. It was like the Friday it premiered on like network TV for the first time. Um, and then eventually at some point I saw the un, you know, TV cut of it and liked it even more <laughs> oh, that. I bet. Um, but I do have to say that as like an adult now, I definitely like the first Terminator more than the second one. Really? Yeah. But we'll talk about oh, that later. I want to get into that. Um, so when it comes to you guys, Alan, since you have seen this yes. already, what's your experience with it? So I... I don't think I've sat down and watched this movie beginning to end ever, but I've seen chunks of it here and there a lot so that I've seen the whole thing. So I knew everything that happened. Um, yeah. I think my introduction to the franchise after watching like half of this on TBS was Terminator three. Um, but I definitely saw this before I saw Terminator one. Oh, wow. Um, and then I saw Salvation and Genesis in theaters, and I did not see Dark Fate. But I almost watched Dark Fate after I watched this last night. <laughs> we'll have to watch. I want to talk about Dark Fate for yeah. a sec, like like afterwards, because I mean, or even during the podcast, because I'm really curious about where it fits into everything. Okay. Because um, Alan, so, so that was your. Uh experience with it yeah uh so i okay. i enjoy the franchise i have a skynet shirt <laughs> it makes me so happy so, keep that up just be, i think i bought this shirt knowing that we were going to do this episode at some point so it, it was probably I, after devin sent his like 98 movie list to you like when we were talking <laughs> about bringing him onto the show yeah <laughs> if anyone can find me a either a skynet shirt or a Waylon yatani shirt i want both in the worst way google I, I don't I haven't found a good like a good source for either of them over here. Like most of them are like companies in the US that'll have to pay like thirty five in shipping to get it over here and not worth it. <laughs> okay. Um I could that's actually understandable. I forgot for a second you were in London. Um Okay, so <laughs> Devin, being that this is your first time seeing Terminator Two as mm-hmm. a somewhat of a grown man. Um, yeah. because I mean, we're all in our thirties and to be perfectly honest, I don't feel like an, um, an adult yet. And I know you don't nope. either. Nope, so nope, nope. what are your thoughts on Terminator two? Oh my God. I loved it. I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, it, so, did you expect anything else? So wait, which I, I don't had, know. Which ones had you seen before? <laughs> so I had seen in this order, I'd seen number one. I had been told number two is the best one and then never watched it. And then watched number three when it came on HBO at some point when I was a kid still living in my parents' house. Uh, and then that was kind of where it ended. And, like, all of this week, I've been doing weird, like, like kind of, like, check-in, like, work 
about or like checking like research on the Terminator. So I'd ask people that I know, like, have you seen the Terminator movies? Which one's your favorite? And I get either two answers. I either get, yeah, I guess I've seen them. I don't know. They're all fine. Or, oh my God, yes, I love them. Terminator 2 is the best. Those were the only two answers I ever got. No one said any of, like, no one was like, the Christian Bale one, definitely. <laughs> so I, I came into this expecting a lot, and, and it delivered on every, every single bit of it. And there's a lot that, it, and I want to get into this a little, little later, there's a lot that it does that I really, really respect it for in terms of it presenting its science fiction universe and rules to you. I just really appreciate Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So th- that's your base, then. That's that, like your base thought. That that yeah. That's my my base thought is okay. it is good. I want to know more about it. I I know this is everyone's favorite. I'd love to know why. Like, are the other ones that bad? I thought one was just great when I saw it. I know it's your favorite, Ryan. Yeah. So like, I I I do wonder either what the other movies missed or are missing, or what is so special about this one that makes it so great. Okay. And well, I don't mean that in an insulting way. Yeah, and I think we're going to be getting into that on these different topics. So th- the first thing that I want to bring up is just the budget on this thing and mm-hmm. why. Uh, so this will take us into the effects because this movie is basically like the start of a new era when it comes to CGI effects in film. Um, so the budget was $102 million in 1991, uh, which That's at the lot. time it was the most expensive movie ever f- made. On the time of its release. Wow. Um, it was the first film that actually did good human... Uh, that did good human flow mo- uh, movement. Where the T-1000 walked. Um, th- it was one of the first times that they were able to get that to like a good fluid motion. Um, and there were other breakthroughs as well. So what was your guys' favorite CGI moments in this movie? Like not just practical effects, but CGI moments. For me, it's when I'm, I'm going to forget the name of the Terminator. Um, when not Arnold Schwarzenegger. Th- I want to pull when the T1000 yeah. comes up from the floor. Like he was a puddle, uh, and then he comes up uh, behind the the guard at the vending machine. Ah, uh, at the mental. Uh, yeah. Uh, at the hospital. Institution. Yeah, yeah, at the hospital. Okay. I. I think for me, it was, um, it wasn't necessarily that it was so good. I was so shocked by it, uh, because I live in a a world that like, you know, really high budget things have happened and I've seen those before I saw this. I think it was the end when they like basically blew up the T-1000 and he was like this weird, like C-shaped hunk of a mess making like velociraptor noises above the pit. I love that shot. I love that design. And I love how they made it fit. It just, I, everything about that was perfect for me. It that's wasn't te- that it was especially good. It was just great. That's technically practical effects. No, it's not. They made that? They added CGI to it to enhance it, but that was mainly practical effects. <laughs> I didn't know that. I watched wow. so much movie magic. Like there was a show on Discovery Channel called Movie Magic, and they went mm-hmm. over this movie like three dozen times. And I've seen every I'm single sure. one of those episodes. <laughs> um, wow. I mean, I'll take it because I mean, him getting blown apart with CGI, but like mm-hmm. him standing there and stuff, like that was a puppet. Like that was, yeah. That can was I some... buy the puppet? I want oh, the I, puppet. I, oh, it's you so gruesome, can. isn't it? I want it to greet my guests at my front door. <laughs> <laughs> just welcome to my home <laughs> that's, that's my weird, closest approximation that's yeah. a weird ask Devin I don't so, want guests <laughs> mine there are better there are better CGI effects in the film than this one but it's my favorite mm-hmm. because it sticks with me and that's when um, it walks out of the fire from the accident that it's in with the oh. with the tow truck for for, for the semi truck when they're driving down like the uh, the L A basin mm-hmm. like floodways or whatever, um, and he walks out of the fire because that's that was the big show mo- moment that was the big reveal on what they were able to do for the film and mm-hmm. that was the first time I ever seen anything like that when I was a kid and 
like to this day, it still sticks with me, even though there are better, just like with Alan said about him coming up from the puddle on the, uh, uh, is on the floor going from that checkered pattern to looking like the security guard, like that shot's amazing. And then especially him walking through the bars and getting the gun stuck behind him. Like all of those moments are great. But him walking out of the fire for that reveal will always stick with me, being like the best CGI moment of the movie. I can understand that, though. It was a good moment. Oh, yeah. Can I talk about my favorite practical effect in this movie? Oh, I was actually going to get to that. So, yes, let's just start doing that. (laughs) Um, My favorite practical effect is the use of twins. Yes, definitely. Hold on. Hold on. Feed feed me. I have no idea what this means. So, there there are two times where the T-1000 duplicate somebody else that's on screen the security mm-hmm. guard and sarah connor yeah. both times they that's not a practical effect they are twins what it's linda yep. hamilton linda, linda hamilton's twin and then the security guard actor's twin i didn't know she had a twin yeah that's mm-hmm. exciting wow that's really cool they were able to save money on that because the original plan was to use CGI or not CGI, but like do the whole screen splitting thing for uh, oh, right. uh, for both. But they didn't have to do those shoots. Yeah. So it saved them money on making the movie. Wow. <laughs> that's really cool. I like that. That's, yeah, yeah. That, that's my favorite practical effect in this movie is just that. <laughs> like they just and, fire twins. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if if I'm right about the Sarah Connor one, the actress, they actually flipped so that her sister was playing, was playing the real Sarah Connor in that scene for like a split second. And Uh she was playing the double. Just did did the double have to do more acting or something or the, 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 no, um, what it was, was that the double, the T-1000 was closer to the camera. So they had her oh. play the T-1000 in that yeah. scene, and her sister stood out in the back with her hair in front of her face. That's cool, though. So. Wow. Okay, yeah. mine's not going to beat that. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can. It's, well, what's, try. What's, yeah, try. What's well, the reason that comes to mind? So this isn't even particularly cool, because all I think they did was just light playground equipment on fire. But I really... <laughs> No, but they I really sh- like that intro. They douse okay. it in d- gasoline and then lit it on fire. <laughs> yeah, I I just assume the place that uh that equipment just had fi- like gasoline on it already, just by virtue of being around L.A. It probably didn't need to do anything. <laughs> See, uh, as yeah. a as a kid, I always thought that because of like knowing how they did stuff, I always thought all of those metal pipes were hollow. And there were a ton of little pinholes in it, and they just pipe propane through it. That might also work, too, though. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, th- that's what I always thought. But um, mine, my my practical one's more morbid than that. Um, <laughs> and it's a tie. It's between Arnold Schwarzenegger ripping his forearm off. I was going to say that one. Yeah. With the families exploding on on the playground. During the okay. dream sequence. Just because of how shocking it is. Because uh, an, an, another thing, too, this is one of the first films that came out that, like, did a really graphic image of, like, what being nuked would yeah. look like. Um, and I remember my mom has issues uh, since she grew up during the Cold War era. She had really bad nightmares. Mm-hmm. Well, like like a lot of people did having to live through all of that. And that was one scene whenever we used to watch this movie, she would always have to leave the room. Oh, wow. Because of her fear of that was just so, you know, was, was just so strong. Yeah. I think I read that the uh, special effects supervisors did so much research into the nuclear explosion itself that scientists came out the year this was released and said, this is the most accurate depiction of what a nuclear explosion would look like. On on screen, like wow. they nailed it. That's scary. Like, like, and, that was not and pretty. not and not just yeah. like the people catching on fire. It the the shock wave that goes through the city, how it would affect everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, and the playground they, equipment. Yeah, they did a really good job. 
yeah. uh, on that one. Um, During the dream sequence, though, I, part of me was like just waiting to hear you and McGregor on the side of the screen. You were the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> you and McGregor um, definitely had the high ground on that one. Yeah. Um, he he was on the other side of the Hollywood sign. <laughs> so the others, <laughs> he was fine. Yeah, he, he, he was fine. Um, so when it comes to the actors in this, obviously Arnold Schwarzenegger, we all know, is good at playing a robot what he's kind of best at um i feel anyway um so i, I think he's best playing a kindergarten cop there we go you know <laughs> uh we've kind of talked about the, the the difference between how like i see him and like devin mm-hmm. sees him so let's just jump to that devin now that you've yeah. seen him in more of like even though he's doing somewhat of a comedy role in this because it's humorous towards like you know like halfway through, it's kind of goofy the stuff that they have him do. Yeah. Um, what did you think about seeing him now in more of an action role compared to like the comedy stuff you're used to seeing him in? Yeah, I mean, you could definitely tell they tried to get some of his sense of humor into this, especially with like Jonathan Taylor Thomas being like, "This is how '90s kids talk," uh, which I thought was just <laughs> the worst scene. But I, uh, I, I mean, I thought it was. It, the thing is, he has. A, I mean, it's, this is not a great hot take on on him at all. But he has a very imposing presence in and of himself. He yeah. looks intimidating coming at you, even just in sunglasses. Or when he's like, "I want your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle." I'm like, "Yeah, I'll give them to you. I won't even fight." Why does your okay. Schwarzenegger sound like Christopher Walken? I don't do accents <laughs> ever. Side note. I, I just had this thought in the middle of this movie, and it's never occurred to me before. I want to meet the guy that was like, we're going to, or the, I guess, robot or AI collective that was like, we're going to make Terminators. They're going to hunt humans. They're going to be the best at it. They're also going to have Austrian accents. Don't ask why. Okay, side note. <laughs> There's a deleted scene in <laughs> Terminator 3. I'll have to send it to you. Yeah, so it's Arnold Schwarzenegger with like a southern country thick accent talking. And they're like, well, he looks great, but we got to do something about that voice. And there's like this scrawny like uh, analyst next to him. He's like, we'll take care of it. Like, <laughs> Is it a real it, thing? There's a reason it's a deleted scene. But that's they <laughs> yeah. explain why they look like Schwarzenegger and why they sound the way they do in Terminator 3. In a that's scene. enough for me. Yeah, I, I no longer have questions. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, I, I liked him. Lost my I like no. I, I <laughs> liked him in, in, in action role a lot. I think okay. he. I think he does action well. I think especially his style. Like he's not like flippy. Like you know, like some action heroes are. He's not like uh, John Wick, where he's like rolling around on the ground. Like he is perfect for the kind of person who's mm-hmm. going to walk down yeah. a hallway, get shot at, like he doesn't feel it, and then just shoot everyone in the kneecaps very like mechanically, but make that look cool and not stupid. Mm-hmm. And also give himself like a damaged walk too during that scene because yeah. you're talking about when they leave the lab when he's exactly. like kind of like rocking back and forth a little bit because he's just getting shot up the entire time. Exactly. Like he does a great job acting like a robot, and that's one of the reasons why like that's like what he's best at. Because I love him in Terminator, I like him in Terminator Two, and mm-hmm. I like him in Terminator Three. So I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. So um, so Alan, any thoughts on? On Arnold Schwarzenegger when so, it comes to his roles. So I think I grew up more with him in comedies like okay. uh, Batman and Robin. <laughs> Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way. Um, yes, best one. Because I never really watched these growing up. I think the first action film I saw him in would have been, like, beginning to end, would have been one of these Terminator movies. Um, but I like him as, an as like, a 90s action hero. Um it's over the top sometimes, but it it's of the time. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. I think I I think you I think Ryan said it earlier. He was like made to play a robot, and it's kind of a, a chat brought up twins. <laughs> twins, <laughs> I, twins, Junior. Uh, pretty much anything with Danny DeVito. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I I like him as an action star, but I also like know him from his comedy stuff a little bit more. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because when I was growing up, like I saw him in 
Running Man, Total Recall, mm-hmm. this. Uh, I saw a little bit of Commando one night. I saw half of that. That was enough for me. <laughs> that was enough for me. <laughs> um, and like stuff like that. And then like, you know, the, the, those later like comedies came out and I just wasn't interested in them because I was like, what's he trying to make me laugh? I want to see him kill people. Like, I don't want to like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like that's kind of how he was for me. Um, but besides Arnold Schwarzenegger, what actors either you think did a great job in this or just like maybe like a side character that stood out to you that you weren't, you know, expecting to see. I mean, this might sound like a cop out. I loved Sarah Connor in this. I I thought she was such a great, well-realized character. I think the actor did a phenomenal job of showing like this. I mean, just very deeply damaged, but very well-prepared person. Like I understand that I've been through this like insane trauma And I've been, you know, kind of preparing for this in an almost, you know, pathological way. And I think it's a really interesting nuance to make in a character without making her seem either like a cocky jerk for being like, I called this all along. Or without making her just seem crazy but awkwardly prepared. Mm -hmm. Like, it was was that perfect kind of tone right down the middle. I liked it. It's an interesting take on the final girl from, like, horror films. Yes, absolutely. Uh, So it's like, so you live through this this event, you know, all of this information about the future, but to everyone else who doesn't know any of this as fact, you're going to seem crazy. Um, So I really, I think they did a really good job of showing the repercussions of something that like the whole, uh, the film's events of Terminator one on a person and how that would look in society and how Mm -hmm. uh, the doctors look upon it. Um, I agree. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and she does a really good job of really making the movie because if it wasn't for her character, the movie would kind of fall flat on its face because she's really the cornerstone of it. Um, for me, my favorite actor in this, um, and somebody in the chat brought this up, uh, is the scientist that they have to go stop. I think I've brought this up before. I cannot remember any of the movies that I've also seen him in, um, is at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. But every time I see him in anything, I'm like, ah, it's the guy from Terminator 2. Yeah. Um, I just... He was Cyborg's he... dad in Justice League. Yes, I'm sorry. That's he the was, one Cyborg's that was... Dad in, Cyborg, Cyborg's dad in Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't know that yeah. was him. That's cool. Yeah. Um, whenever I see him in anything, I get really excited because I, I like his character to the point where he is a he's a true scientist to his core in the film. Like that's his personality type. He has information. He, he he looks at information. He gathers Mm -hmm. it. He makes a decision that's rationally based. Yeah. He meets a robot that could not exist. Here's a story about time travel, looks at the robot and goes, okay, this is true. Mm -hmm. And he makes a rational decision and he goes and acts on it. And I hate the fact that he dies at the end of this because I like his family but at the same time, there's really no, other, there's no other way for that to happen. There's no way that he lives out uh, past that event. I think the inclusion of his character and specifically Sarah Connor's reaction to him was the most interesting part of this movie to me. Where she wanted to go kill him because she, he was the guy that made the bad guys. So when she was on her rampage, I went, oh, she's she's just the Terminator, but for the other side. Mm-hmm. And like, I thought that was such a cool inclusion. Like, I don't know. They didn't need to show me that. And I'm so glad they did. One of my favorite parts of that is when she backs down to show yeah. the difference between what happens when a human tries to do it compared to when a robot tries to do it. And that kind of gets into a deleted scene in this movie that I'm upset about that was deleted. Um, and it has to do with Arnold Schwarzenegger's character. Um, so you guys know the scene where they get the car, uh, they get the cop car, they take it to the garage, they pull it in and they're pulling the bullets out of his back. Mm-hmm. And the, mm-hmm. the, the, the kid asks the question, um, you know, like, can you learn or something along those lines? And yeah. in the original theatrical cut, Arnold Schwarzenegger says, the more time I spend with humans, you know, the, 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 the more I learn and the more that I can like, you know, copy. Mm hmm. 
That's what you guys both saw, I'm going to assume. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Something along Alan. those lines. Okay. So, Alan, the fact that you have to think about it, I'm thinking you saw the director's cut because I only have the director's cut to this movie. Um, mm. Instead of saying, the more time I spend with humans, you know, the whole thing that he, like, learns or whatever, um, he talks about how there's a, that there's a switch in oh, his yeah, programming. Yeah. I saw this. That it's, yeah, so that it's read only and not open. So the software can't learn. It's forced to only read off its programming. He show he basically tells them that he can learn. He can be the most advanced AI thing, you know, that's mm-hmm. ever been made. But he's, there. there's a switch that has to be flipped. So he walks them through the process of, you know, turning that on which means sarah connor has to take the cpu out of his head and there is a scene where she goes to destroy it and john her son stops her and yells at her and says you know if if i'm supposed to be this great military leader you need to start listening to me at some point and so she does but it's showing in that scene it shows that oh he can be human in a way and it yeah. also makes that scene at the end where he says, like, oh, you know, I, you know, it's like, I understand why you cry now, but I, but I can't. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that kind of ties into where they show that difference between her stepping back and not killing him in front of his kids to where Arnold Schwarzenegger's character would have. I mean, I can see that. And this brings up something that Alan and I talked a kind of a lot about on the uh, the episode for Victims and Villains that we had done on Blade Runner. I feel like overall, this movie definitely says something about what it means to be human. Um, and I feel like a lot of the time it has a more holistic, like doesn't necessarily come down on like, humanity's great, we're the winners. <laughs> like there are times, like the one time when uh, John Connor was looking at the two kids fighting and he's like, this is just what we are, isn't it? This sucks. And, like, I, I think that's an interesting take on it, too, where it's not like humans are the best. It's like, no, there's a lot that goes into it. Not all of it's great. Yeah. So I, I just looked it up quick. I guess I did watch the director's cut. I rented this from iTunes, and it was the two-hour and 33-minute version. I guess the yep. theatrical was two hours and 17 minutes. That's so. the one I got. I got the remastered and, version. And then there's the other deleted scene that has to do with uh, Sarah Connor having a vision right before she has that dream where she runs out and she grabs the fence and she's yelling at the families to like yeah. move with, with Michael um, Bean. She has a conversation with Michael Bean before she runs out. Okay. I thought that I, I was, <laughs> I didn't remember that at all. I was yeah. like, Michael Bean's in this. Like, when did they do that? Like, I don't, I, I was like, maybe I didn't see this movie at all. I guess I, yeah. I guess they never showed the extended cut on TBS. No, no. In the 90s. So. They, they, they never did, and I'm mad at the fact that they cut both of these scenes. Because, one, it builds on for the first movie. Like, there's that connection that, like, she still, you know, is that she still loves that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, she does really still care about him, even though it was kind of like a whole, like, savior victim thing. Like, that's why she fell, you know, th- that's why she fell for him. But... At the same time, I still love the fact that they show that she's still, like, wanting him to be around, to be that, like, father figure, and to be, like, her partner. Um, and then you have that other scene where, you know, they have that whole conversation between Sarah Connor and her son about, you know, this great military leader thing. I feel like these two scenes were really important, and I'm upset that they cut them. I mean, I can see how it doesn't necessarily add anything different, like, especially the scene where they, like, change that, like, read-only switch. It doesn't change much about the structure and the flow of his character arc. You just kind of, you know, from the one-liner that I got, you get that, okay, well, he's going to learn, and he's, you know, going to learn to be more human, and by the end, he's more advanced than he would have been before. I don't know if I needed to see them rooting around in his brain. I I think what it does is it shows Sarah's willingness to give him a chance because before that she is so against him being part of this because Mm -hmm. she only knows the Terminator from the first film who tried to kill her. Um, So I think it deals more with uh, her accepting him as part of this group, uh, this uh, and and John asserting himself as this leader and taking charge of the situation uh, Mm -hmm. and making a decision for the good of everyone involved. Yeah. Um, so it's like his first step into uh, leadership, 
because it does a lot more for her character and John's character than it does for the whole like Terminator thing. Because mm-hmm. the only benefit it gives to Skynet is the fact that Skynet designed the T five uh, the T five hundred to actually be like a AI you know like independent machine. Mm-hmm. But yet they still put a like a switch on it to prevent it from doing that so that it couldn't like learn and then fight against Skynet. Like it couldn't be convinced to like turn against its programmer. Like that's sure. the only benefit it gives to the story to Skynet. But it's more of a thing for Sarah Connor and John. So I can, for, I can get that. So for me, I don't really have a favorite character outside of Schwarzenegger. I, what I, I, but I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to say John Connor because of his relationship with the Terminator and how he so quickly takes him in as a father figure and how that progress that's that connection progresses throughout the film. Yeah. I, and I think Devin asked the question earlier, what makes this Terminator film stand out among the others? And I think it's that relationship. It's the, John Connor teaching the Terminator to say Dick Wad and Asa La Vista and like the lighter moments that don't seem as forced. Um, because when you have him say it again later in the other films, like, oh, okay, he said the thing. Uh, uh, but yeah. it's, that, it's that connection between the two. It's him learning to accept the, the world that his mother had told him about, but he didn't believe. It's like, like this is his whole life, like the Terminator and his, his connection is like the starting point of the John Connor. That's going to become the, the leader in the future. Mm-hmm. Well, and you see a bit of that growth in him too, though. Like you see him from like, you know, I hate my foster parents to like, you know, him kind of being introduced and, and it almost did the sin of, uh, you know, little kid learns everything that's going to make them the person they're going to be in one day. Like, it almost does that, like, where yeah. young Indiana Jones gets the whip, the hat, the fear of snakes in, like, an hour. Um, but I feel like it does a better job of it. Brian, uh, you know I hate that trope. I hate so, that trope. So, real quick, but, in but the chat... But character. In the, in the chat, uh, somebody asked if they... A uh, friend of the show, David, asked, I wonder what year the film takes place. The film takes place in 1995. The film was oh, released it? in 1991. Yeah. Because I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so wait, if John Connor was born in 1985, and this is 1991, the film actually takes place in 95. So it's 10 years after the first Terminator. I am the same age as John Connor. Are you going to, in eight years, lead us against the robot resistance? I don't know, but it's going to be really hard to watch this movie in eight years when they reference that that's the year that, you know, like it, it's like, it's one of the reasons why... Like, I loved watching Back to the Future prior mm-hmm. to, to, like, 2015. And then when 2015 happened, and then I get to it, and it's just knowing that, like, we live in 2020, or we live in 2021, and, like, that's that was supposed to be 2015. Like, that's one of the problems that I have with a lot of futuristic movies, is that once you get to that year that it's set in, Here, I have how, a hard time with it. It's annoying. Here, here's how I get around that. We live in a timeline where... Uh, how do I want to say We live this? in a timeline where Gordy Wilson was not mayor of Hill Valley. No, we oh. live in the timeline that uh, Back to the Future is just a movie. Okay. So, like, <laughs> how, how about if I put it this way? And it has more to do with, like, environment than it does anything else. If they didn't have flying cars... Mm-hmm. which I know that was a draw for the film, and that was one of the cool things that I always loved about it. But if they didn't have the flying cars, but still had the hoverboards, I'd be okay with it. But Ryan, we had hoverboards. No, 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 no. I said if if they didn't have the flying cars, but yeah. still had the hoverboards, I'd be fine. Ryan, it, you're, it's a, you're... Just at... because of the technological advancement <laughs> stuff. Like, that's... I'm, I'm Look... It's a stupid mental block. It's the same thing that Devin has. Mine just yeah. has to do with cars. That's all. <laughs> well, just the cars, yeah. From from the reviews that I've read for Fast 9, we do have flying cars, and they go to space. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. Fast 9. It, if they're not chasing down dinosaurs in Fast 10, I'm not even going to give it a trance. A, uh, a trance. A chance. You have to put me in a Don't give it a trance either. Don't. <laughs> so there we go. Um, 
but yeah, no. So it's uh, yeah, it, it's set in 1995, just like mm-hmm. Alan said. Um, and I feel like they did a good job because I mean, a five year, uh, a four, uh, a four, a four year jump. Really, nothing's changed, right? You know, like practically. So it was a good move on them to do that. Um, and it's the 90s, yeah. like yeah, yeah. Um, to, to be to be honest, nineteen ninety to nineteen ninety six, not really that much changed. No. <laughs> we had two different Batmans. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so do we want to get into the other sequels a little bit and explain to Devin what happens in those and like what the timeline so, is? Yeah. So prior prior mm-hmm. uh, prior to us doing that, I have seen Terminator one, two, and three in Salvation. That's it. Okay. Oh. Which I'm fine. We can talk all we want okay. about the other ones that I haven't seen. I, that's I, perfectly. I I don't care. It's fine. Well, okay. Well, before we do that, I want to get yeah. into uh, the marketing for this movie, and I have a question for Devin. Okay. Did you know that Schwarzenegger was the good guy in this? Oh my gosh! Yes, I did. Okay, good. And I and I feel like the movie was setting me up to not know that because they kept him very like. There's like Terminator, and then there's like other guy, and they don't tell you Terminator's doing a good thing. Until he starts shooting at other guy, and I feel like yeah. that would have been very cool to experience the first time. Yeah, I, I feel like the sto- the screenplay is set up for that to make you think that the Terminator, like Schwarzenegger's Terminator, is the bad guy again. Mm-hmm. But and the, if you go into this movie blind, it looks like that. The yeah. mar- film's marketing did not go with that, and they should have. What did the they fil- go with? The film's marketing is this time Schwarzenegger's the good guy. It's like. Ugh. You, you you spoiled the twist. Like right. I you could market this film You could market this film today and mm-hmm. like go with that. Like you could pull clips of him just shooting and like make it look like he, Sarah and John are running from him. Um it would have been uh it would have been so much better if they kept that twist. I would I don't like the idea of purposely misleading it. Oh, Marvel does it all the time though. And I don't like it. No? No, I'm not I'm, I'm not actually fun. a big fan of that at all. Oh, I'm, I think it keeps the suspense. I'm fine with just showing clips that have nothing to do with the real plot unless it's out of context to the to to to, to the point where it doesn't make any sense. But not purposely mis you know like making people think it's one thing over the other. It'd be like Mrs. Doubtfire playing that trailer that somebody made to make look like a horror movie, but it's actually <laughs> a lighthearted family, you know, f- family comedy. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if I hate that. I mean, I, I'd be mad if it genre switched like that, but I feel like, you know, <laughs> good guy versus bad guys in genre switching. Like it's just, it's, it's not ruining a twist in the movie. Well, I mean, it, it is a big part of the movie that, John Connor and the and the Terminator have this connection, so it would be tricky to market it. I think I think it's interesting to look at this film. Like, if you go in not knowing anything about the marketing, yeah, I like that the film sets it up that you think if you've seen the first one and that's all you're going off of for this, you think he he's probably going to be the bad guy. And then I love the reveal because it still works. Like the reveal of him as the hero. Mm-hmm. works just as well. Yeah. Well, because so what I'm getting from chat is that this does like the, the franchise has done this before though. There are yeah. other kind of twists like this and it's ruined it before. Yeah. They, they've ruined twists that in trailers that they shouldn't have. Um, Terminator Genesis comes to mind. Uh, there's a twist in that. I can't remember the plot of Genesis that well, but something, something John Connor's a Terminator. What? Yeah. John Connor's a ter- what? Like so. Okay. So the we'll get into the sequel what? now. So okay. <laughs> Genesis gets into like Genesis gets into different timelines. So there's a timeline where um, a Terminator goes back and like raises Sarah Connor from a child. So she grows up knowing what's happening. So when by the time you get to the first film, she's the one going up to Kyle Reese and saying, "Come with me if you want to live." And like, they do like this weird time jump thing where they keep traveling through different uh, to like the different t- uh, points in history that are important to Judgment Day and Skynet. 
Uh, it's it's very weird. The best yeah. part about that movie, and the only reason I recommend it to you, is J.K. Simmons. <gasps> because he plays a detective who like sees them at all these different points and points of time, and at one point, uh, he has them in an interrogation room and they escape, and he's like, "God damn, time traveling robots with the time traveling bullshit." <laughs> yep, give me that. Um, I'll take two hours of that, please. None of the plot. And then Terminator Dark Fate. I have not seen it, but from what I understand, is an uh, another alternate timeline where Terminator Three hasn't happened, and um. John Connor is killed after the events of Terminator 2. Like, does he, like, trip and fall into the lava, too? No. I think uh, a Terminator travels back. Oh, and actually gets him. Yeah. So, this seems like the the series is kind of ruining one of the things I loved the most about this movie. Is that it just presents you with a science fiction thing. It doesn't present you with many of them. And it's not overly high concept, but it'll present you with a science fiction thing. It'll go, here it is. Don't think about it. Because it's just like time traveling robots. Don't worry about it. Like it just, it, it, it doesn't ask, it doesn't beg you to ask the questions about the moral implication of traveling back in time to kill an unborn child. It doesn't beg you to ask if it's fracturing timelines, which I guess apparently later it does. Like I, it just, it's like these robots go back in time now. Shut up. It's why I like salvation. Is that what Salvation does? No, it's simple. I mean, if it if you're asking for simple, Salvation is simple. Yeah, I yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Is, is Salvation the third one? Fourth salvation one. Came, is the fourth. fourth yeah, one. Salvation is the fourth one. That's the one with Christian Bale. That's the one where he got you know famous for "Don't step in front of my lights." <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that that one. <laughs> But, I mean, I have to say, I actually like Christian Bale and Salvation at this point more than, like, two out of the three Batman movies he was in. Wow. <laughs> Salvation wasn't as bad as it was made out to be. Was it's it just the whole Christian Bale thing, like, ruined I, it? I don't think that helped it. Um, it also has the guy from Avatar in it, who was, like, they tried to make a thing for, like, a minute. Oh, then, right. Um... Because they they ask James Cameron his thoughts on the film, and he's like, "I don't really have much, but hey, check this actor out for this role." Um, <laughs> uh, see, the reason why I liked T two as a kid more th- more than the first one, and mm-hmm. a lot of my friends when I was going through school felt the same way, is that T two finally gave glimpses of what the war looked like in mm. flashbacks and memories because that's what a lot of uh, you know that's what a lot of kids who saw the first you know t- terminator um on network television that's what we wanted because you got small glimpses of it in the first one and then salvation comes along and the movie is the war it is yeah. the actual war and it was like oh awesome great this is what it is and it's real simple like it's really really simple and there's one moral thing in it but it's not really like it's like a five minute conversation it doesn't really matter what side of it you land on because the movie doesn't even give you an answer for it anyway (laughs) it's just a really cool thing so you know it is what it is uh in the chat um i love the song young could be mine by guns and roses uh Ryan, you want to talk a bit about Guns N' Roses because you're wearing the shirt? <laughs> so, uh, Guns N', uh, so uh, Terminator 2 was my introduction to Guns N' Roses um, and the Appetite for Destruction album. And from there, I got into the whole like rock genre in general, and that's what led me down the road to picking up like a Van Warp Tour CD, and then that made me go down the whole punk road. Um, but anyway, it, it's one of those things where I, I love the fact that this movie and Guns N' Roses kind of go hand in hand, even though Guns N' Roses Guns N' Roses is only played like three times, and two of those times happen within like five minutes of each other, and then it happens again at like the credits. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna be real dummy about this. I remember one musical scene in this, and it's when he's stepping out of the bar and they play "Bad to the Bone," and I eye rolled so hard I saw my brain. Uh, See, when did Guns N' Roses show up? That's when they were on the dirt bike. Oh, okay. Got that it. was the music playing on the dirt bike, and then okay. they played two different songs. So once when they're in the garage, 
Mm-hmm. And he's working on the bike, and he like revs the engine over his stepmother's voice. Oh, that was Guns N' Roses. Okay, the friends playing Guns N' Roses, yep. and then later on, uh, when they're going to the mall, they're blasting Guns N' Roses again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they do like a little thing in Salvation where they turn on a Jeep that hasn't run in like a decade, and mm-hmm. it's got like a Guns N' Roses thing in it. So like it's you know it's a connect it's a connection to. Terminator 2 and Salvation through that. And a nod because um, it took about 10 years for them to release, what, Chinese democracy or whatever? Yeah, I don't, I don't like to talk about that. My, <laughs> my, my fandom for Guns N' Roses begins and ends with Appetite for Destruction. Reason being is that but by the time I became old, you know, like, I guess like a teenager, mm-hmm. um, Guns N' Roses was already disbanded because Axl Rose oh. is a complete douchebag. Oh. <laughs> and, um... My dad was a huge fan of Guns N' Roses, but then what Axl Rose did to the band, he never enjoyed listening to the music after they split up because of everything that Axl Rose did to like dissolve it. Um, wow. Because Guns N' Roses could have been the best rock band of all time. They were on their way. The album after Appetite for Destruction was iconic, and then they fell apart. Because he wanted more more fame than the, the than the rest of the band members did. That's gross. And then you wind up with him on TV with a guitarist with a chicken with, 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 with a chicken bucket on his head, and that's all I got to say. <laughs> all right. In the chat, uh, need to rewatch T two. James Cameron has so many awesome vehicles for badass women in cinema. Uh, <laughs> so Ryan, you were talking before about a ten year stretch of James Cameron's films. So, 10-year stretch from, uh, and I think I got the years right on this. Uh, The original Terminator came out in 1984. Yes. I believe. And then 1994 is when True Lies came out. And in that span, am am I right on that, uh, 1994 for True Lies? Oh, I I didn't do that because I don't know. I just don't know True Lies. Yeah. Have you never seen True Lies? I didn't even know it was a movie until just now, I think. Oh, my God. Like, that's another one of his, like, iconic roles. Okay, so that's going on the list on my end again. Um, (laughs) What if I get to it first? That's fine. If you get to it first, that's fine with me. Um, So from 1984 to 1994, and this is my own personal, like, to me personally, this is his best 10-year span. Mm -hmm. Terminator, the Terminator, the first one. Aliens. The sequel to Alien, The Abyss, my favorite underwater sci-fi movie made of all time, Terminator 2, and then True Lies. That's, to me, James Cameron's best 10-year span. Okay, so the the funny thing is, after that, it's like 10 years in between everything he does. (laughs) Yeah. So that's really his only 10-year span. The last film he directed was Avatar, and that came out in 2009. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's what i was laughing at earlier like yeah 10 oh, okay. year stretch because that's the only time he did anything <laughs> but without 10 years in between yeah okay, he did titanic okay. in 97 and then yeah avatar in 2009 so that's a <laughs> i didn't realize he hadn't done anything like from that like stretch holy cow he were, well, I, mean, I mean avatar took a while you, well i mean not just that after you're the director on on those movies i listed you really don't need to ever work again to be honest you don't but he also did a lot of documentaries like he was obsessed with going down to visit the the titanic uh he he directed expedition bismarck ghosts of the abyss aliens of the deep all documentaries that was a good one an episode of dark angel which i think he produced he also had like some writing and producing credits so he was he was keeping busy he just wasn't in the director's chair the whole time yeah true but yeah so like that i mean like you've got terminator my favorite terminator movie my second favorite terminator movie my favorite underwater sci-fi movie my third favorite sequel movie in these are real aliens And then True Lies, which is like top five favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I've only ever seen the two Terminator movies in that list. Well, we're going to be going through all of these at some okay, point good. soon. So, I mean, in fact, I think this is going to be my list for the next couple of turns. Alan, though, you, Alan, though, you get True Lies. Okay. If you want to do True Lies. I'm torn. You, you get like, that one. I, like, as we're sitting here, my list for my, my pick for next week has changed three times now. 
<laughs> in the chat, uh, somebody made the joke. He got divorced many times. Busy man. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Because he was married to Linda Hamilton at one point. Yeah, was he? he was. Yeah. yeah. yeah oh, he I was. didn't know that. Good for him. And um, <laughs> on the Catherine? marriage or the divorce? <laughs> Both? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else? Final thoughts on Terminator 2 before we wrap this up? I almost had a moment in the middle of this movie where I was going to get mad at it because I have seen the parent child slash child who is special for some reason plus parent who has to watch over child thing be played out so much. Uh, like I, I, Alan and I got into a conversation a little while the other or a day ago where like, you know, Mandalorian and Bad Batch seem very similar to me now because it's mm-hmm. just like, here's a special kid and then here's a gruff adult looking after him. And I, I don't think I knew that, that like John Carter, like that was the hook of the movie. So like little kid is like father figure or has father figure in Terminator. And like, I almost like got real mad at this movie for it, but it did a really good job of that to the point where I didn't mind it. Yeah. So one thing that we didn't touch on mm-hmm. is the T-1000 in this. Oh, yeah. He was neat. <laughs> That's all you're going to say? I mean, we talked, about, we talked about the special effects. He, yeah, I know. But, 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 we really didn't talk about, like, the character and, like, you know, the I act. Mean, he, was, know. he was the, an example of another thing that I like this movie does is they're, like, metals like water now, kind of. Don't think about it. Shut up. Watch the movie. <laughs> he has hook arms now. Have fun. Like, I like that. Keep doing that to me, science fiction movies. Okay, okay. Um, my favorite aspect of this is when he jumps on the helicopter and bashes his head in and squeezes in, like, a little blob and then tells the helicopter pilot, get out, and he just jumps out at the side. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know, if something morphed through the windshield of something, I just jump out, too. I don't just, care. I'm gone. Right. <laughs> I'm <So> out. <laughs> I think this film strikes the perfect balance of practical and CGI effects. Mm-hmm. 91 was a good place to be because we're not overwhelmed by the CGI. It's used sparingly where you need it, but there's also a lot of practical stuff. Like they're, they're blowing up mm-hmm. windows. They're crashing vehicles left and right. Um, and I, a production took so long because of that, that they had to like redub Ed, Eddie Furlong's voice because he started going through puberty and like had to dig holes for him to stand in for the scenes. Cause he was growing too tall. That's mm-hmm. really funny. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Th- there's a few scenes where like his voice cracks, and I think that's like the the scene where he's doing the like annoying like early '90s, late '80s teenager slang thing. Yeah. The scene that makes you cringe a little bit. Um, his voice cracks once or twice in in that scene, and that's what annoys me about it. It's it's it gets to that high pitchiness, oh, and yeah. then that's where I'm like, mm. like I'm listening to it. I'm like. Mm. <laughs> I think, it just, it. I think it just annoyed me because I pictured like, okay, what would 2020 little kid tell Terminator? They'd be like, oh, it's called YOLO. You only live one. That's probably even too outdated. I'm no, probably you know, not even close. No, you know what that's, they would say? That's so outdated. You know what they point. would say? Oh my what? God, you're the guy from Fortnite. <laughs> they would though. That, that's what Devin would say. That's, that's what, what Devin, Devin would say. No, yeah. that's what, yeah. Because um, the Terminator is a skin in for- Fortnite. Of course he is. And so is Sarah Connor, but they have everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that about does it for Terminator two. Um, so now I'm torn on what I want to make you guys watch. (laughs) Um, because my original pick was going to be a new movie, but I'm not sure if we want to do two new, two new movies back to back. I mean, I don't mind. I really don't. I'm happy to watch. What's the other new movie back it. to back? So it's either going to be True Lies, another Please. Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, or Please. a Steven so- Sodenberg Ocean's Eleven esque movie. Oh. True Lies. Please. True Lies. Oh. I mean, we'll get to True Lies eventually. <laughs> I uh, like a good heist movie, though. Uh, just. <laughs> Just, just do that. You know, we'll, you know what? We'll, we'll, we can do it. Uh, we can do a mini episode on that movie. Um, 
Okay. The movie was um, no sudden move. It's got like it's got a huge cast. We'll do a, we'll do a bonus episode on that next week. Okay. Um, good. So my pick for next week is not going to be True Lies. It's going to be another Schwarzenegger movie, the Last Action Hero. Now that you've seen Terminator Two, I think it's time that you see Last Action Hero. Good. Yeah. I've heard this is a good one. That was when I brought up during our our uh, yeah panel thing yeah. Right? Yeah. that we did it, technically. If, if next week's episode was going to be before the Fourth of July, I was going to have you guys watch Independence Day Resurgence. Uh, <laughs> luckily, thank God for timing. Yeah. For timing. Uh, luckily, that's not the case. But we'll probably do we'll probably do a bonus episode uh, maybe over the weekend. We'll, we can try to oh, work cool. something out and talk about uh, No Sudden Move because the cast is stacked. Um, Brendan Fraser, Matt Damon, David Harbour, John Hamm, Benicio del Toro, Don Cheadle, Karrion Culkin, Ray Liotta. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm excited for this movie. I haven't seen a trailer for it. I just know it's Sodenberg. It's a heist film, and it it's reminiscent of Ocean's Eleven. So. That sounds cool. Yeah. So tune in. Say uh, to find out when we're going live to review No Sudden Move. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram so you can get all of our posts so you know when we're going to be going live here on Twitch and Facebook. While you're here on Twitch, go ahead and hit that follow button. We're really trying to make it to uh, affiliate status, and we're just a few followers away. We're close. Um, So go ahead and hit that follow button for us. We'd appreciate it. Uh, you, uh, You can also listen to our podcast on every major podcasting platform. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and Amazon Music. Um, so until next time, for where I'm going to have the guys watch Last Action Hero starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, for you of the Watches Podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And we will see you next... Uh, well, hold on. There you go. <laughs> Hasta la vista, babies. <laughs>